The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Now up on episode six of the Ice Hour D3 Wrestling Podcast, we're going to go and talk with Dick Simmons, the tournament director for the upcoming NCAA Division Three Championships to be held March 11th and 12th at the U.S. Cellular Center. But also, Dick, you've gotten a nice little pub lately. You're getting some push. You're getting some pomp. You're getting some, uh, you know, a little bit of just deserved respect and admiration from your peers. You will be going into the NWCA Division Three Wrestling Hall of Fame this year. And that ceremony will be at the same time at the U.S. Cellular Center, March 11th and 12th. And uh, first off, before we actually talk about the tournament and, and you recovering from hip surgery here, what's it mean to you to be able to to be inducted into the D3 Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, it's, you know, it, it's very, very humbling. I was, I was uh, when I got the call, I was, you know, shocked. And I still am. I, I uh, took on these, you know, everything I've done for wrestling just because for the love of the sport and and uh, to get a call and say that hey, your peers have recognized what you've done for the sport, it's it's very humbling. I really, it's you know, only thing I can really think of explain it because you know, lost for words and you know, a lot of cliches you can throw out there. But to be recognized by your peers is uh, um, very heartwarming and very appreciative. And I know there's many more people out there more deserving than me, but just to to be recognized uh, is greatly appreciated. Now, not to make you feel old or anything, but you've spent a quarter century at Cornell College in a various number of roles, starting with uh, the athletic training and starting the sports medicine program there in the early 90s, and now as the Associate Director of Athletics and Compliance, which is a lot of extra work besides taping ankles and making sure athletes are ready to go. you got a lot more paperwork to deal with these days, but when did you get your start in wrestling? When did the sport take hold of you? Um, you know, when I started here in 91, I uh, quickly was taken under the wing of uh, our head wrestling coach at the time, Steve DeVries, who uh, is uh, now our kinesiology chair. And, and uh, you know, just organized them. Back in those days, we used to host two tournaments here. We used to host the Turkey Invite in November and then uh, the Matman Wrestling Invite, which is in January. And, and uh, Coach DeVries, he just kind of, the second year, asked me if I'd be interested in kind of, you know, administratively helping with some aspects of getting getting the, the tournaments up and running because after my first year here, uh, I was given some administrative duties in, in work study. I supervised all our work study students in the sports center. So that kind of started the process and just, you know, really Coach DeVries, Coach, he, you know, he taught me a lot of things and organizing around the tournament and, and just kind of and things just kind of took off from there. So, uh, um, you know, it's just a lot of different, different jobs at Cornell that, kind of all tied together to let me uh, organize and run, uh, you know, tournaments like this. But being from Iowa, you had to have some background in wrestling. It's it's almost accidental you can fall into a wrestling tournament if you walk into a gym at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, we had wrestling in, in uh, my high school, and actually our high school uh, uh, wrestling coach, uh, 
uh, Corey Stewart. Corky Stewart's an old Cornell grad, and he was a wrestler for Baron Brenner. So um, he started the program there at BGM back in the, uh, the late 70s. Uh, I didn't wrestle in high school, but um, Mr. Stewart was a great uh, good teacher and mentor. So, you know, I started there, and then when I went to William Penn, um, they, didn't, they didn't have a strong program, but they had, a, they had a decent program. And then working as a student athletic trainer down there, I, I covered some of the wrestling uh, season. So that kind of got me started there too. Are you even allowed to say the words William Penn being at Cornell now? Uh, yeah. 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 When you're, when you've been there 25 years, they allow you to say it. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess Lou Bannock can, or one of the Bannocks, one of them works at Iowa state that <laughs> I think it's actually, I think it's Ed that works at Iowa state. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember meeting him for the first time and I hadn't realized that he'd worked at Iowa state for all these years. And I was like, what'd you do? Lose a bet. And he goes, man, I've been working at Iowa state for 25 years. I'm like, Oh, color me dumb. But uh, yeah. as we talk about your your career at Cornell, and so much of it had to do with things outside of wrestling, but how much has wrestling kind of played more of a central role in your career as the years have gone on? Yeah, it, a very big role because, uh, um, you know, when I started at Cornell, I was just a head athletic trainer, and then I got the title of uh, assistant athletic director along with head athletic trainer and uh, worked under – you know, athletic directors, you know, um, Ellen Well and Steve Miller and Tina Hill. And then when uh, in uh, 07, uh, uh, Tina Hill, our athletic director, took another job. And so we, uh, I was given the title of interim director of athletics. So that was our, our first year of hosting the wrestling championships. Uh, I was the head athletic trainer, the interim athletic director and tournament director. So, um, uh, you know, it just kind of, started there and then we brought in John Cochran uh, who was the Iowa Conference Commissioner the next year to be our Director of Athletics and I was getting more of the administrative bug and wanting to do more that way so I got out of the athletic training uh, daily work you know I supervise our athletic trainers but I'm not in the athletic training room daily and um, and just working with John and, and administratively with his experiences is he's kind of mentored me in the administrative side and, and let me he's he's been great he's let me continue my interest in the sport of wrestling from uh, hosting the championships to getting on the uh, division three wrestling committee. So that's, it's really, you know, in the last eight, nine years, it was really wrestling really helped kind of put me, push me in a different direction uh, administratively and professionally. You talked about getting the opportunity to run a couple of the tournaments at Cornell when you first arrived there and when you first jump into being a tournament director and helping things out there, wrestling brings some unique nuances to this. And you're like, well, wait, what's that? I mean, the, the bracketing, there's the whole consolation side of it. That's, that's pretty much uh, atypical in a lot of other sports that are popular, but what were some things that you had to learn really quick about running a tournament that you hadn't had previous experience with? You know, like I said, the big thing, the bracketing, um, I was lucky with coach DeVries, you know, coach DeVries, he could, we could sit there and, and, uh, see how many wrestlers we had, look at the bracket sheet. And Coach Lee had an unbelievable uh, task to be able to say, eh, we'll be done with this at, you know, 545, you know, on, on Saturday afternoon. And we, 540, 545, 550, we'd be done. So it was just out the brackets went together. And, and um, then just, you know, the you know the biggest thing then is, is finding the volunteers and the workers who can understand the sport of wrestling. Um, because they say that wrestling has many – very nuances the other sports don't have. And so you got to run a successful tournament, championships. you got to have volunteers and workers that know the sport and love the sport, and they don't have to retain constantly. And, and for our, you know, for our Matman tournament we have here, 
we're lucky, you know, where I'm blessed is, is uh, our workers are, are made up of our baseball players and our football players, and it's part of their community service. They uh, all, all at Cornell, all our student athletes have to work other athletic events out of their season uh, as a little community service, just to kind of, you know, help us with work study. Excuse me, and uh, to run events so we get the baseball players and, and the football players help us run the map man and, and they've been great volunteers and the coach has been great to help um, get us the right workers there. So um, really, you know, it's, you know, for the medical side, I kind of understood the whole blood board pathogen and all that, um, you know, but it was just uh, figuring out the brackets, how you run a tournament. And now that you've got track wrestling and really, you know, that their tournaments really run themselves. And even though I've been known to mess up a couple times the last couple of years and not have it integrated or programmed right. And luckily those guys track wrestling saved me before we, got behind schedule but uh um those are the big things to to figure out you know just enough to be dangerous and screw things up right exactly (laughs) that's exactly it just enough to be dangerous now one thing you just mentioned there that that kind of piqued my interest when it comes to division three is uh, we we on this show we talk about a lot about the promotion of the sport within division three but getting the athletes from the other sports involved how much has that helped with you know, home attendance and things like that. Obviously, baseball players, you know, they're not they're not playing in December. They're not playing in January. What's it mean to get the student body involved in those type of home events? It's it's great, and and we have seen um, when John Cochran started here as our director of athletics, he really stressed to our our coaching staff that we needed to, and then our entire staff, hey, we need to make sure you know to get your kids attending other events because. As you're an athlete, you know there's nothing better than going out on the mat or on the court or, uh, you know, on the field and seeing your your other athletes from the college, they're supporting you if they're not in season. And so we have that's been real beneficial in John's nine years here. We've stressed that. And having them work other events, it kind of ties them in. And, and we try to put, you know, a lot of sports will try to put with, you know, sports that maybe they don't necessarily uh, hang out with and associate with, you know, you know, might put, a, you know, a softball, uh, with men's soccer, just to so you get people seeing other sports, and well, that's really helped kind of uh, integrate all our student athletes and our student athlete advisory committee or SAC committee. They've uh, taken on what we call the Ulysses Cup too, where um, our student athletes it's it's uh, they get a tra- the team gets a traveling trophy, and to win the traveling trophy, um, teams report, hey, I attended uh, this event, I attended that event, uh, I attended this soccer match or the football game or a women's tennis match, or even, uh, we, uh, you know, 10 of us attended the, 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 one of the spring musicals. And they get points, and, and uh, the, most, the team with the most points gets a traveling trophy. It's kind of a pride thing. So we really stressed our student-athletes support each other. Uh, if you start supporting each other, then the student, uh, student body is going to support you. And, and, and by also, like I said, getting out and supporting other student body events, you know, they're going to see it in return. And our student athletes are botting into that, and we're seeing a really good result. I've been, I know in, uh, you know, my 25 years here, we're getting, right now, we really have great student student athlete attendance in our, our, our athletic events. A couple other things that are unique about uh, Cornell College, and we have to say college because there's that other Cornell in New York that's got a pretty good wrestling program. But yep. it's it's the the history of the program, at least uh, back in the fifties, with uh, you know just some powerhouse forties and fifties, some powerhouse programs. How much does that tradition kind of still carry on within Cornell College wrestling? Uh, it's, it's it carries on real strong. We still have um, alumni from that forty seven team and that you know that era. 
that come back to campus and uh, stop in the wrestling room and hey, our guys, when they come in, our guys know immediately who they are. Um, so it's uh, it's still very strong. It's uh, to be the first, you know, college in this, you know, private or first college, private college or university in the state of Iowa to win a national title back in 47. And, and at the same year to win the AAU title, which at the time was a little bit more prestigious than an NCAA title. Um, it was a big thing. And so we, with the institution and, and the athletic program, we, we, you know, continue to stress that because it's something to be very proud of. And, and while we've lost many of those wrestlers from that era, um, with, there's still quite a few that are, are with us. And, you know, there'll be five or six of them at the Division three championships in Cedar Rapids in March and, and uh, just having a great time. So it's it's very important. And our, our current wrestlers, they really um, uh, take that pro- take pride in, in knowing that the rich tradition of Cornell wrestling history. You find it somewhat ironic that the guy who wrote the book, The Dream Team of 1947, was from Cornell University in New York? Yeah, yeah, Arlo, yeah. <laughs> but no, he, he did a great job with that book. And it's, uh, um, uh, you know, just for any wrestling fans or anything, I've, I've said for a long time, and a lot of people have, it'd be, you know, it'd be a great ESPN movie. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of history there, guys coming back from the war, um, how they, uh, um, you know, run around and driving out, out east for a duel and they stopped by Purdue and uh, one of the former Cornell wrestlers before World War II was wrestling for Purdue and, and uh, they stopped and uh, talked to him and he got in the vehicle and just went out to the east coast and wrestled and transferred back to Cornell. You could, you could never do that now in the NCAA, but uh, things like that are really interesting. That would make your job as a compliance officer a nightmare, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to figure out how to track that one. <laughs> Speaking of compliance, how, how does it work in Division Three? What are some of the things that, you know, compliance officers at, at Division One and Division Two are dealing with scholarships, transfers, uh, interconference uh, transfers where you sit out of year, things like that? What are some nuances to Division Three compliance that aren't often talked about that are that are still very important with the uh, success of a student athlete? You know, yeah, the compliance, it's uh, it's there's a lot of a lot of tricky areas. Uh, with anything with the NCAA um, and the policies that all the institutions and college set, but you know a lot of it's the transferring. Um, you know, Division three student athletes, they can uh, uh, do a self-release if they're looking to transfer within a, to another Division three institution. They can do a self-release so that institution they're at, they don't have to tell them right away if they're maybe looking at other schools. So you gotta you gotta follow those procedures right, and then when they do decide they want to transfer. Doing the tracer and the background tracer to make sure the years of eligibility that they've used and uh, making sure they're eligible for the institution they're leaving. Um, and then, you know, and that's that's normal. And then that's not a really hard thing to do. A lot of institutions are all great if you send a, you know, send a tracer request out saying, hey, you know, athlete so-and-so is, is interested in transferring to Cornell. We have to we have permission to speak to them, things like that. But the challenging ones right now still is, is the social media compliance area it's that it's, you know, it's uh, we could go on for hours and hours and hours about uh, division three NCAA so, division three social media compliance and making sure your your coaches, your student athletes, and your prospective student athletes, you know, that, that you stay all within the realm of uh, doing everything right, so you don't have any violations in those areas. Yeah, you're on Twitter at ccramatc, so you've got a little bit of a, a beat on this social media thing. How much has that changed college athletics in the last 25 years? Well, yeah, uh, night and day. It's just tremendous to you know, how much it's changed. It, um, 
for the good for the better for the worse i don't know but it's 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 there the student athletes or prospective student athletes and our, our schools all you know that's how we're promoting things um you know i think it's it's good from the aspect you get your information out especially from you know results stories scores and stuff um it's good for getting the information out keeping in contact with your with your alumni with your fan base um the tricky part is like I said before, the making sure you know. Uh, a good example is if a student athlete says, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna attend you know Cornell College." Well, our coaches can't re, uh, retweet any tweet or anything until after May 1st. And after May 1st, if a student athlete says, "I'm going to Cornell," we our coaching staff can put that out there. So it's just those kind of fine lines you just we got to follow to to make sure we're following all the rules right. But you know the social media, it's there. You got to embrace it uh, because it is the student perspective, student athletes and student athletes use it and uh, it can be beneficial and helpful to your program and to your institution. A couple of the things with Cornell as it stands, Mike Duro, currently the head coach. You've also had another coach there prior to coach Duro, Drew Periano went on to coach at Northwestern for a number of years. And people are always wondering, it's like, how, how are they getting these recruits to campus? There was some, not all of them may have gone to school in, in Mount Vernon, but, the, you know, getting them on campus. I know Drew talked about some of the people that he had brought on campus, and they're like, wait, wait, you took a visit to Cornell College? Not the Cornell in New York? No, yeah, Cornell College. And then, obviously, Mike DeRoe's long background with a Hawkeye wrestling club. That's got to be a, a complete plus to have that type of lineage with coaching here at the Division Three level. Yeah, yeah. We've been, you know, we've been very blessed here at Cornell with our with our, our coaches, just start with our coaches in the rest of the program, you know, uh, Paul Scott, Scotty, who was a coach of that 47 team, you know, Baron Bremner, who was a coach here in the, at, Co, at Co, back here and back at Co. Um, and, you know, then uh, Coach DeVries came in after uh, Baron Bremner and Coach DeVries was the head coach for ooh, almost 30 years, 20 some years and an assistant for a while when we brought in Kurt Heideman, who had wrestled for the University of Iowa as our head coach. Um, and then we brought in Coach Periano and then he got the great opportunity to go to his alma mater, Northwestern. And then, you know, luckily uh, the day when we found out Drew was heading back to Northwestern, that we made a phone call and, and uh, Coach DeRoe was willing to come up and uh, serve as our coach for a year just to kind of see and then liked what he saw and, and jumped in full time. Um, but just, you know, coaching, st- you know, stability with coaches like that and then their ability to recruit. To get you know top you know we got to get you know the kids here like most institutions got to be good academic kids so and everybody's trying to get those kids so you got to have coaches that are just kind of have that little I call it little edge to them that can get those kids here for a visit you get them on campus for a visit they see our you know state of the art wrestling room we'll talk about our tradition and our history and, and the coaching staff we have and then we you know we feel we got a pretty good chance to to lock them in if we can get them on campus so. Um, it's just, it's, you know, the, what the co- what our coaches do in wrestling and for all our sports at Cornell, the amount of time they put in recruiting, it's just, I couldn't do it. And uh, they uh, do a tremendous job, and we're really lucky to have the staff we have. Another thing that uh, DeRoe had brought to the tables, there's always these international tours that sometimes pop up, and uh, Cornell actually hosted one of those uh, international dual meets. And you've got senior-level, Olympic-level athletes competing in a dual meet against wrestlers from other countries at Cornell College, that had to be a unique experience. That was a great experience, yeah. When that when that team came over, um, it was you know it was great working with the University of Iowa people and and uh, all the USA wrestling and all the groups and the approach. Uh, that was really kind of one of those first few years here. So um, you know setting the gym up, you know having all the, the VIP people here, and uh, unfortunately having the one glitch where when the uh, 
national anthem CD wouldn't start playing. So then we got it playing. We realized the CD that they gave us that the uh, uh, had the, the Russian national anthem played twice, and they didn't cut it off the first time. So, so even though those little glitches, it was a great event. I mean, we had. 2,000, 2,200 people in the gym. Um, just, you know, unbelievable event for a small school. Like you said, small division three school in, in Iowa to, to host a, a great, great event like that. Let's shift gears over and talk about the division three championship. Cedar Rapids has become one of the homes to this event. I've had a blast every time I've gone to Cedar Rapids. That's always fun in lacrosse at Hershey. I also, I mean, Actually, at the D3 championships, I always have a blast, so regardless of where it is, but Cedar Rapids has been a big part of that. And what are some things we've got on the agenda this year that that are going to try to, you know, raise that bar a little bit But when it comes to the Division Three championships? Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we're going back to a great venue at the U.S. Cellular Center uh, with, uh, you know, $60 million renovated uh, U.S. Cellular Center and the hotel there. Um, so we got a great venue. And we, we you know, a lot of things are going to keep doing what we've done in the past. We're ch- changing up a few things. We're um, really going to step up the finals, and I'm not going to give away too much because we got a lot of surprises we're going to bring out uh, when people get there on the Saturday night. Um, but we, we've got, you know, we're doing a, one thing we're going to do for all the fans, and we're setting up a fan festival where we're working on having uh, um, the Dan Gable Wrestling Museum up in Waterloo bring down memorabilia and stuff and just have on display for, for fans to kind of look at. Um, we're working on uh, getting some uh, um, Olympic or some wrestling individuals there for some book signings and just some autograph sessions, but just to kind of give the fans something to do before each session. Um, and then, of course, the great Division Three wrestling. I mean, once once those, those sessions start and that quality wrestling's on the mat, um, that take care that take care of it takes care of itself right there. So, but we've got we've got some new things we're going to do this year. Again, I. I want to keep it kind of quiet because we're, uh, we're we're kind of we want to take a take a step it up another notch because my my philosophy since we started hosting this in 2008 is every year do it better do it better do it better and then so then the next year you know um, we, you know the first three years we hosted in eight nine ten uh, and then in eleven twelve lacrosse really stepped it up and so that made me step our game up when we hosted in thirteen and fourteen and then last year out in Hershey they stepped it up another level. And now, so when I'm out, I was out in Hershey last year going, okay, they've really stepped it up another level. We got to step it up another level because I, I just think it's important for the student athletes to have an experience when they walk out of there on Saturday night. They're like, that was a Division One championship atmosphere and experience. So that's always been my goal, and that's what we'll we'll, we'll pull off again this year. Yeah, I remember last year, Hershey, uh, we were on the same flight coming out of Detroit after going through like the Grateful Dead tunnel in there to get on the next flight. And I, you had like the worst seat on the plane. You were like in the very back row. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I had, I got to work with my, work with my travel agent a little better, <laughs> but yeah, it's and for me. That was the first time for championship. I had to fly anywhere being on the committee because we, we, we were either hosting or was across. So, but, but yeah, I was, you know, Hershey did a great job. It was fun getting out there. It was great for the East coast teams to be closer to their fan base. And, and that's why as a, as a, as a member of the Division Three wrestling committee and sharing that, you know, my thought has always been, we got to, if we get people, institutions out of the East that are interested in bidding in it, we really got to, you know, look at seriously hard at them and get those bits to them if we can, just because the, it's, it's good to get, you know, we get the wrestling out in the East coast. So you get that different fan base that they're more of a, in, uh, different institutions that have a little, little more uh, stronger showing for the fan base because they won't have to travel as far. So, uh, but yeah, the Hershey, I was, they did a great job. 
Yeah, the fan bases are always pretty strong in, in lacrosse and Cedar Rapids. I was actually curious on what the the fan base was going to be like in Hershey with the teams from out in the Midwest because uh, you know Messiah travels well, Wabash kind of in the middle there in Indiana. They could they're they're kind of you know either way they can go. But when I, when I got there and I start, I heard the Luther chant right off the bat, I'm like, man, they they brought them out. They brought them out from Iowa. And then although I didn't yeah. I didn't hear the East Coast timeout chant, I heard it like start yeah. up once, and then they realized we're surrounded by the Delval fans. They're like. All right, let's let's simmer down on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking around going, we're in the East Coast. We better, yeah, we better just be quiet. <laughs> well, being on the committee, you've also had the opportunity to go to Division One championships. What are some things that you've borrowed from the Division One championships that make them great that you wanted to bring into Division Three the last couple of years? Um, you know, a lot of it's the stuff for the finals. You know, kind of just dressing up the finals. You know, um, and just kind of the hospitality thing for the student athletes behind the scenes. Now this year, the fan festival, uh, now we won't have anything as big and, and awesome as the one fan festival, but, but just something like, from that aspect is bring in a fan festival, uh, you know, what's in glamour, the bells and whistles of the finals, uh, just to kind of, to dress it up. Um, a lot of that, you know, cause like I said, you said, I, I've worked with division one championships and I just kind of, when I'm able to sit there and, and just kind of walk and, and be behind the scenes and, and get up above and just, look down and see what they're doing from how they set the mats up to the color coordination of the carpet and the floor, things like that, just to really make the championships jump out at people um, is what I've taken from it, you know, and, and, and the, the knowledge that, Hey, you know, the run the championships at division one, two or three, we got to have unbelievable volunteers that love the sport. And we're blessed with that here in, in, in the Midwest and, and in this area here in Iowa, that, um, you know, none of this works if you don't have the volunteers. You know, with those volunteers, how many of those are really coming from other schools? Co is basically across the street. Uh, the Iowa Conference staff has worked in media relations. Josh Schroeder and those guys have always done a, a great job, very hospitable. But uh, how much of the entire state and the, the programs within Iowa in that area really come together that helps you put together this volunteer pool? You know, we get, um, you know, I get a crew of table guys from up uh, right across into Wisconsin from Dubuque that work a lot of Loris's tournaments. And so, uh, Randy Stewart's kind of put me on to those guys, and they come down and help all the time. Um, like to Co College, just being down the street, their medical staff really comes in. Sean McCarthy, their athletic trainer, and they do a great job helping the very good big our head athletic trainer with the medical aspect of it. And you know, then it's just you know institutions like the Iowa Conference. Chuck Jurgen, uh, Josh Schroeder is going to come back. Uh, Lawrence's SID, he just stepped up last week and said, "Hey, I'd love to love to help." So he's going to come down to help and. Uh, you know, you get Warburg, Skets, and uh, a couple of years ago, I had a young lady who was a great singer. And she wanted to help sing the National Anthem, so we brought her down. So, you know, you get a, a lot of variety of uh, individuals who, uh, A, when they realize, hey, I, I can I can volunteer and help out with that, that when they reach out to us, we're more than happy to accept their, their you know, any help they can give us. So you get, you know, you get a lot of, it's a lot of individuals from the Iowa Conference, the Illinois stuff that I've just gotten to know through the years that, that want to help that were kind of directed at me from their coaches at institutions that they were associated with or, or fans of. Any, any uh, elbow pokes and nudges between uh, between you and maybe the Iowa Conference guys, obviously since Cornell is no longer in the Iowa Conference after been in uh, that conference for about 20 years now in the Midwest Conference. Any 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 playful joking amongst like, hey, well, you're, you're not in the conference anymore. Yeah, we, yeah uh, Chuck Jurgen and I are great friends. We we jab each other a little bit, but no, we have great respect for each other. You know, they hated to see us leave the Iowa Conference, uh, and they understood our, the Cornell's reasons for returning back to the Midwest Conference. 
but no, any 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 jabs we give at each other is, is out of uh, complete respect and friendship because they're good people there. They respect us. They know Cornell is good people here, and and you know for the aspect of you know the, the championships, getting them hosted here, their their fans could are close, you know can come here. They can get drawn more fans. It, it benefits them, so uh, they're they're very appreciative of things like that. But yeah, no, it's every once in a while. You know, especially John Chandler and Co. and I, he the athletic director at Co. and I, him and I will give each other a couple of jabs once in a while, but it's all in good fun. We're seeing a lot of growth at the Division Three level, and from a wrestling committee standpoint, that's that's got to create some some situations, some nuances with uh, the regions and the and the makeup of that. How are the regions set, and how much does the committee play a role in that? Uh, committee pays well. The first is the expansion is, which is great. Um, you know, just the growth of Division Three wrestling. Um, every year, two, three teams are added in, and that's great. Uh, for the committee, it presents challenges, but great challenges that we have to, to, to look at, you know, if a new team comes in, what regional they fit best in, excuse me, and then what regional, you know, we can't overload a regional, do we have to shift some around? So uh, we've been doing that year by year when teams are added in, and now this will be finishing our fourth year of the regional alignment. And the committee and our April meetings are going to really delve into looking at that uh, the regional alignment. Do we need to realign significantly? Is there small tweaks here or there we can do? But, um, you know, with the, with the addition of these new teams coming in, we need to we, we need to look at the realignment. And we also need to prepare the Division three for future expansions. So uh, that's going to be a, it's a major task that the committee's, you know, had put in front of us. And, and we've already had some small discussions about it, but we're kind of working, you know, on plans. We're going to get together here in April with our April meeting and, and you know, try to see what we have to do. But it, like I said, it's a great, great problem to have. Much better having a problem of getting too many, getting more teams in than, than losing teams. Yeah, with Greensboro and Hampton, Sydney, and this year, uh, new programs already announced at Thomas Moore in Kentucky, Castleton up in Vermont, and uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. They've already hired a coach. They'll start competing, uh, oddly enough, in the Iowa Conference next year. But w- when these new teams are coming in and the geography that's behind it, and then there's the whole wrestling fan in you that's like super excited to get a new program from the Division Three administrative role. How difficult is it to start a program in Division Three based on what you've seen with these new schools adding? Um, it's, I, you know, I don't know if I'd say difficult. There's challenges. You got to be willing to go into it, um, knowing you, you administratively. I feel you, if you're going to add a program, and I don't care if wrestling, you know, at Cornell, we've added men and women's across two or three years ago. Uh, you, you've got to go with a full commitment. It can't be a commitment. Well, we're going to hire a. Uh, coach, uh, one head coach, and and just give them a few thousand bucks to hire, hire an assistant, or we're going to hire a head coach that's part time. You, you got to make the commitment so they can recruit the student athletes and build the team team up, and in the commitment from from the aspect of uh, budgets, you know, make sure the teams can travel. Can they get to where they need to get to see the competition um, to give the student athletes a quality experience? So um, there are a lot of challenges. It's, it's difficult, uh, but it's you know. It's it's they're fun. They should be fun challenges, in my opinion, as administrator. If you're not going to go into it, the college is going to say we're going to add this program, but yeah, we're going to you know hinge and maybe we'll wait to see what happens before we see how much we throw into the program. And then you miles then you're, you're defeating the purpose of, of starting a program because you, you you only get you get hit, hit the ground running once and and uh, make the commitment full board. And that's what I see with these wrestling schools and institutions are adding wrestling like Nebraska Wesleyan and everybody. 
they're hitting the ground running, and that's what that's what's really good to see. What's the best thing for you in your career about being involved in Division Three athletics? Student athlete experience, just dealing with the student athletes, the the daily interaction with the student athletes. It all, you know, everything rules in my professionally for me. All the gratifications I get, either from when I was an athletic trainer uh, and I was an administrator, um, you know, it's just the daily interaction with the student athletes. Here at Cornell, once I when I went administrative side, uh, my office was moved down uh, into the equipment room area, so every day the kids are coming in to get their laundry and stuff. So I'm seeing them and talking to them, and just that interaction is just what makes it great. It's it's the reason I do the job. If I wouldn't have that interaction with the, the student athletes and see their see their high points and the low points and just how they, they handle themselves on the daily, every day. Uh, I, I don't think I'd be doing the job. Talking with Dick Simmons, the associate director of athletics and compliance at Cornell college. He's also the tournament director for the 2016 NCAA division three championships coming to the U S sailor center in Cedar Rapids, March 11th and 12th and a soon to be inductee into the, Division Three Wrestling Hall of Fame. Dick, any final words as we prepare for, you know, 2016's right here. It's just three months away until we're we're blowing that first whistle at the U.S. Sailor Center. No, you know, we're excited. I'm excited to be hosting these championships again. I'm excited for the the great work the Division Three Wrestling Committee is doing with Dave Kimmy and Roger Krebs and Nathan Shear, uh, Kim uh, Winger, who was the chair last year. Uh, you know, I'm just excited for what. Um, the committee's doing, and, and like I said, the championships. Uh, I'm looking forward to them because we're going to surprise some people. We're going to have uh, some uh, re- really good new bells and whistles, and uh, that I think people are really going to like. And uh, so, you know, we're just, even though, like I said, I'm sitting here at home right now. I had hip replacement surgery here a week ago, uh, last Friday, and uh, um, now I'm just, uh, I'm sitting here tomorrow. I'm going to be starting to work on stuff for the championships. Uh, even though I'm sitting at home, I can kind of do odds and ends on my computer. So uh, I'm excited, and it's going to be it's going to be a great rest of the 2015-2016 season. And uh, looking forward to um, to uh, things happening in March. And also, I, I need to say, uh, keeping the uh, uh, we're talking about the sport of wrestling, uh, keeping the the wrestlers from Pacific University in Delaware Valley who were involved in that tragic incident out in Vegas, uh, in our thoughts and prayers while they recover from that that situation yeah that was right before the desert duels i remember why i was watching that on the news uh last night and it didn't even dawn on me until the pacific release came through this morning i actually mentioned it on the short time podcast and as i was recording that the del val thing came out so i mean that's just kind of kind of freaky yeah 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 and i never i saw it and i never thought anything and then also uh, wrestling and then, then i'm thinking of all the teams that are out there for the wrestling they're from desert duels and warburg and co and, and i knew del valley is out there pacific all those institutions are out there and i'm like oh gosh you know i was just worried for those kids that, you know here you're out in vegas gonna you know experience a great wrestling duels and enjoying vegas sound like they're heading to a movie and then something like that happens and uh but it sounds like they're all going to be okay and uh um, like I said, my thoughts are prayers to those, those those wrestlers, teams, their coaches, and institutions because that's a tragic situation to go through. Well said, Dick. And again, congratulations. And we'll see you down in Cedar Rapids. I'll be there again. I, I haven't missed a, a D three since two thousand eight, so or two thousand nine actually. So I'm 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 amped up for another uh, easy drive down to Cedar Rapids as long as I don't speed through town. <laughs> yeah, watch those watch those uh, uh, speed camera videos or video cameras. Yeah, but no, hey, we're looking forward to having you here and uh, looking forward to a great championship. And appreciate you having me on. And 
appreciate all you do for the sport of wrestling. I know a lot of you guys behind the scenes and media and stuff, uh, it's guys like you that are, are carrying the torch and, and, and helping us grow this sport. The Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.